Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 59, the Feeling Groovy episode. And who better to feel groovy with than Charles Latham? Charles is a singer-songwriter out of Durham, North Carolina, although he comes to Western North Carolina quite a bit, and he plays uh, both solo and with his band, The Borrowed Band, and several other projects, too many to enumerate right now. We were able to get a recording of Charles Latham and The Borrowed Band a few months ago when they came through town and played at Upcountry Brewing in West Asheville. They put on a great show and I was able to talk to Charles a little bit later about his songwriting process and the band and music in general and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can find Charles online at charleslatham.com or you can search for Charles Latham on Facebook and Instagram and keep up with updates on their upcoming shows and also updates on their CD which they are finishing up now and hope to release in 2020. Right now, here is Charles Latham and the Borrowed Band. Everybody's 
likes me why don't you <laughs> yeah is that you know uh yeah that one uh, kind of I, I wrote that a, a while ago um when i was i was kind of uh i had really started to it's got to a point where all i was listening to was country music and you know i kind of felt like um but the thing was i was living in philadelphia at the time so i think you know almost in like a contrarian way, I think by being, you know, in the Northeast in the city, I felt like, you know, even more compelled to, cause I feel like I'd always played a little, like there's always been a kind of, you know, uh, country or folk element to my songwriting. But then I started really getting into to country music then. And, you know, and, and yeah, I think I just kind of like dug in, you know, my boot heels pun intended. And, uh, and, you know, I was kind of, and I, I was getting to and from work on a, on a moped scooter. So I had like, you know, no, no stereo. And I would kind of, I was doing a lot of writing like that. Like I would just kind of, I would, I would be going, you know, going to and from work and, you know, kind of either come up with a melody or sometimes put words to it, you know, a melody of a song, uh, you know, and with country, that's pretty easy to do. I guess you can, you can borrow and, and all that stuff, but that one, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not sure exactly what the source material was specifically, but, um, it's kind of funny too, cause it's, uh, it's, it's almost like a bookend to another song, an older song that, that I had written that we actually played that night too, called Nice to Me, where the chorus is, why can't you be nice to me? Yeah. So they're both kind of, I was going to say two different sides of the same coin, but they're actually the same side of the same coin, <laughs> really, but you know. It's like, you know, it's, uh, they're both, it's about insecurity and it's, uh, I think there's kind of a false bravado to it. 
And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've never written a straight-ahead duet, like, you know, with a second part for for another singer or something or for another character, but I think there's something special, uh, you know, when Abby sings it with me that kind of almost makes it, in a way, like a dialogue. And there's certainly, you know, there's a, uh, I think, like, on stage, there's a, a physical aspect to the fact that we can kind of look at each other and play off of each other and kind of make it into... Uh, you know, we kind of vamp it a little bit uh, when we when we do it. But you know, but with this band too, it's also uh, when I originally recorded it, it was I did it all myself and I can multi-track it. And you know, I did the best I could. It was kind of shambly, but you know, uh, this band has kind of helped turn it into the version that I was hearing in my head, which is kind of this. It's kind of got like a. It's kind of got a groove to it. You know, it's like uh, so. Yeah. How, uh, that brings up a, a good point about the band. How long have you guys, uh, been playing together? Well, we've been, it's, it kind of varies and there's, we, there's a couple different layers to the band sort of, cause there's, you know, there's a, a sort of regular group of people that, that play a lot. And then some people that, that play with us when they can't play. And, uh, you know, but I kind of consider them all, I feel like they're all part of the, of the, the borrowed band, you know, right. it's kind of like a, almost like a collective thing in my mind at least, but do they all, but yeah, we, I, Oh, sorry. Do yeah. they all pretty much play in other bands or, or play, you know, some yeah. solo accent? Yeah. And that's originally, yeah, that's where the joke yeah. came from originally. Cause I, when I moved back to, to, uh, the, to Durham, you know, I, uh, I knew I had a bunch of songs that I wanted to record and I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I put together a, you know, a band, kind of on the fly uh, you know for each song when we were recording and you know there are some repeat members and there's some people like you know like I brought Gordon who plays pedal steel in and you know uh, he's the only one you know well we we also have we had another pedal steel player too at one point but Gordon's been you know a, a consistent member of the band since since back then and that was that was early like that was like late 2016 early 2017 um, but you know so I, I'd say though it's been about, you know, for this core group, I said we've been, it's been about a year and a half or so, about a year. Well, there's a square city in a square state with a big building with a gray face. It has big rooms and round clocks and big windows that look down on a block at the square people crossing. Wide streets smiling, square smiles with their round teeth. They have square jaws and stiff upper lips. And all the chips off the block means the block is chipped. So I'm, oh, I'm trying to get in shape. Get in. 
cha-cha-cha ending band. That's a fact you can check. That's our ending. Squares, yeah. Yeah, that, that was another one actually that I wrote. Um, I do remember distinctly writing that one when I was living in Philadelphia and I was riding around on the, the moped. And, uh, you know, it's it just, it, you know, it was kind of like, uh, it was a song that I that I made up, you know, during my commute and, you know, just sort of uh, came out of literally just, you know, navigating through the city, through the grid of the of the city. Um, and, uh, you know, when I when I it kind of it sounds a lot. The original recording of that one, too, is a home recording. It sounds a lot different than than what we've been doing live, um, which is why, you know, especially so with this band now, that's kind of why the the. The new album we're doing, the the concept of it is, it's going to be an eponymously titled album, so it'll be just called Charles Latham and the Borrowed Band, and the whole idea is it's it's introducing, you know, on on you know on a record this band, and this new sound. So we're you know so there are some songs that were that we recorded that I've never recorded before, but that one this like Squares is on there, and the Everybody Else Likes Me song because they you know because they're just they've they've taken on a whole new life with this band, you know, and they've, they're like a fully realized vision of songs that, that, you know, in a way that they, they didn't used to be. And so this one, like, especially at squares was, you know, it, it was real lo-fi and, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, it's like had kind of a acoustic pop thing, but now it's, I, I feel like we've got this kind of, uh, it's like a, it's, it's got kind of like a, country rock, you know, sort of, or, or, or almost, you know, or like a quiet, like AM dial type, you know, seventies rock yeah, sound yeah. now. And, uh, yeah. And that's, and you know, the thing is like, and actually my friend, uh, who's a songwriter in town asked me the other day, like, uh, well, he, we, we played a, we did a show opening for a, a CD release show. Uh, and he, he was like, you know, he'd see me, uh, play back you know back in the day when i used to i used to mostly just play solo and everything and i've recorded solo and and 
played everything on my own. And he was like, you know, did you, is this, ha- is this what you always wanted? You know? And I think cause he was, he's a songwriter too. He knew like that, the, you know, he kind of got it, you know, I mean, that's the thing like this, this is, this band is the sound that I've been, that I have been hearing, you know, in my head, you know, since, since I wrote some of these songs, oh, you know, and cool. now, and now it's like a, yeah, it's, it, it, that's why it's like, I don't think it's being in this band hasn't changed my writing. Cause I've, I feel like I'm writing the same way. I just now have this, you know, these people that can help, you know, they can turn these songs into like, you know, this, like, you know, this fully realized thing. Yeah. Do but they, yeah. do they ever, um, are there ever parts of it where like, maybe you didn't hear that, but then they bring something in and you're like, Oh, yeah. I like that even better than the way I heard it in my head. Yeah. Or, you know, a lot of times it'll be a, a tempo change, even on uh there's one song on the last album about it's called uh like a sister you know it's about it's about a platonic relationship and and i had originally written it like a real slow kind of ballad thing it's like and it's only like a four chord you know thing so it, like it was gonna be like a real almost like a folk kind of dirge and uh and when we went to do it in the studio they were kind of like you know it was a different band but still you know same same yeah. idea they were they were like you know let's try it faster you know so we played it faster and now and now that's just how the song goes oh, yeah. but and yeah a lot of the i mean and they in this band the you know the the current you know the version of the borrowed band like they they write their parts you know i i, I don't i don't speak enough music to be able to tell them you know <laughs> what to play yeah. and uh you know and some of the stuff they add you know it's like yeah it's it's perfect and it's exactly what the song needs you know, and I try to provide enough of a, you know, I try to provide some sort of framework or, you know, like a, a vision, you know, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it kind of, it becomes a, we kind of collectively can communicate, you know, I think when we all, we're getting to a point where we know when, you know, when we found the right way to do a song. And, and yes, I think Squares is a perfect example of that more from Charles Latham in just a few moments after I get all these thank yous done. Uh, of course, I want to thank Charles Latham and his band, the Borrowed Band, and that includes Steve Anderson on drums, Billy Feather on bass, Luis Rodriguez on lead guitar, Gordon Harton on pedal steel, and Abby Sheriff on vocals and tambourine, and sometimes guitar. Also want to thank Daniel McKinn, the sound guy out at Upcountry Brewing, and uh, Upcountry Brewing has great sound for their live music. Uh, make sure to go by there. And when you hear how great it sounds, it's due in large part to Daniel. Also want to thank Upcountry Brewing, just a great venue to record at or just to hang out at. Either one, whichever, I mean, whatever draws you there. And I uh, also want to thank James Phillips, who uh, is a friend of Charles's and helped us out with some uh, technical issues with the recording and made it just sound really fantastic, I think. Again, make sure to search for Charles Latham on Facebook and Instagram and also go to www.charleslatham.com and look for updates. His music's there. You can download it and also keep an eye out for his upcoming CD. I have his first CD from Kazaa. Don't tell him. Uh, And it's really interesting to hear these live recordings and the studio recordings of some of the same songs and how they are equally good recordings but with a definite different flavor based on uh, which recording it is. 
Um, don't forget also to go and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search WNC Original Music. Uh, don't be fooled if you just put in WNC. Don't get the wrestling podcast. You could get both, but mainly get WNC Original Music. Um, talking about Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher. Um, there's a whole bunch more. Uh, also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for the videos that go along with some of these recordings and uh, upcoming events where we're going to be recording in case you want to come out and just help me set up some microphones and cables. I mean, you're not busy. They haven't even started playing yet. This is Trisha Tripp from Hearts Gone South, and you're listening to Western North Carolina Original Music. Anybody here have a job? Raise your hand if you have a job. No? Oh. Well. This song is not for you. This song is for the people who raise their hands. And if you're retired, this is for you before you retire. For the living wage Be
That was the first song I recorded with a with a band, a full band, when I moved back to Durham. And uh, I'd, I'd written it a few years before that, again, when I was living up in Philly, um, which now that I'm talking about it, it seems like a more prolific time period than I'd ever thought about it before. Did you, did you write <laughs> but, it on the moped? Uh, that one, I don't think I did. I think I wrote that one. That one might have been a walking around song, you know. And I think right. it was probably. I did. I do remember, you know, I was walking. I think I was walking to buy some groceries or probably buy some beer or something like that. And I was thinking about how little money I had, you know, city problems. Yeah. Right. I mean, not just city problems, but you know, very. I feel like that that one felt pretty typically, you know. The city problem, just you know, walking walking down the street dejectedly, because I was upset because I didn't have enough money to buy whatever I wanted because of you know having to pay for other things, and then thinking about you know yeah, my own plight and and coming up with you know with a song which obviously is you know uh, hopefully <laughs> speaks uh, to people also whose you know situations are a little more dire than my own. I mean you know I'm not claiming. To be in a particularly, you know, in, in, in you know, I, I, I'll just say I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I fully am aware of my privileges. I just, uh, you yeah. know, so I hope that the song, you know, is is kind of more, you know, but you yeah. know, you exaggerate and you try to tap into something larger than yourself. So I, I don't know. I just don't want to. I don't want to suggest that the song is in any way like the, you know. Oh the no! Life that I yeah. leading. I don't. I don't think know. it comes across as you know, like a like a civil rights for you song or anything like that. Right. It's, it's more <laughs> like a, it kind of like even that phrase. But I think the whole the whole song, you know, um, kind of calls back to the phrase. But the living way, the way you sing it, is kind of sounds like um, like not that like you said, not that you're destitute or anything, or not that you're just scraping by. But the living wage kind of has an implication, even even um, even the way people use it is that's the the basics you need to, to have a life. But, but it's so, even that is so minimal, like, like that's the, the best you can, you know, that's the best you can do or the best you can do for now. And you might, it, it might be hard to think from that situation. Where do I go from here? Do I just stay with this living wage? And is that, does that, 
idea kind of infect your whole life? Like is my whole life just, just getting by, getting by comfortably, but only getting by, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think I, and, and I think that there's a certain, you know, the, uh, the thing is, you know, the, now we're, we've gotten to a point, you know, and the, the thing is, this was before uh, I, I kind of, you know, I, I was at the time when I wrote the song, it was, I was using it more in the kind of like, uh, I feel like now it's become, you know, a kind of recognized political, you know, uh, talking point almost, you know, that like that term and all that term. And I, it kind of, it was before I think more, you know, it was kind of, you know, just like a colloquial kind of, you know, like a euphemism for, yeah, just like exactly that, like the bare minimum amount that you needed to get by, you know, which yeah. is, but now, I mean, I mean, that's the thing that, that strikes me about right now is that we're at this point where that's, that seems like the ideal. I mean, that's right. like the gold, that's like the standard that we're right. looking toward. I mean, you know, and so there's in a way, you know, I, I wanted the song to, to be part of that movement, but I also, you know, at the same time, I'm aware that, you know, that there's, there is an irony in that because yeah, the, I'm not, I'm not, the song is not saying we should give everyone a living wage. It's more, it is more saying like, you know, isn't it sad that, <laughs> that this is all, right. you know, that, that we can, you know, or that it, this is all I can expect, maybe, yeah. you know, is just to earn enough to, to get by, pay pay my bills and not, you know, starve to death, you know. The minimum wage was supposed to be the living wage. That, right, and exactly. Now, now the minimum wage is like a joke. And like you said, yeah, the living yeah. wage is something you aspire to for a lot of people. Um, right. And that yeah. should be the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, now, you know, you're you're a living wage certified business, you know, and you right. have to... You know, I mean, that's where we are, you know, and I'm not, I, you know, I don't have any, you know, I'm not an expert in economics, you know, but I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good. Well, yeah. That's my other podcast. Well, after this, you can explain it. Yeah. Right. Right. I think though, that is another one that started off really slow. You know, I was doing it, you know, I thought it had to be, you know, again, yeah, I, I thought it, it, it should be kind of, you know, I was doing it just like as a folk, you know, sort of. Uh, ballad, you know, or, but, but now we've, you know, it's not, it's not like it's fast now, but it's definitely a little bit faster. And, and now, you know, it's, it also, does, you know, it rocks a little harder <laughs> with this band. So. years later. 
That one's new. I've, I've never recorded, or you know, it's new in the sense that I've never recorded it before. And uh, and when I wrote it, you know, I knew I wanted to play it with this band. Um, but yeah, that's a that one's definitely a uh, it's a personal song, and it's um it's about yeah it's about the end of a of a long relationship, and uh, or about or not the end of a long relationship. It's about the the twilight of a long relationship i guess really when you know you're not sure what to do next uh, but you know that you know that's not gonna continue so you says personal personal uh songs as uh true true events based on true events type thing yeah yeah i mean that yeah it's definitely yeah it's it's one that yeah and I guess I'm reticent because I'm not, that's typically not my forte. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I, in the, in the past, uh, you know, and maybe in the future, I haven't really been, uh, you know, explicitly 
biographical or or I've been a little more oblique. I mean, you know, there's definitely like I think with all songwriting or with you know most songwriting, there's exaggerations. So it's not like a you know it's not a true you know it's not like an exact retelling uh you know of events, but it's true enough. Yes. All right. Yeah. This one. So this was uh, maybe sounded like your most country song. It had a real like '60s country feel to it. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Porter yeah. Wagner type thing. Maybe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a you know I had a friend that said it sounded like a Graham Parsons tune, so I'll take that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of your songs have a, a Graham Parsons feel to them. I'm, I'm assuming you're a fan. Anybody that knows him is it like people that aren't fans don't know who he is. So usually if you know who he is, you're yeah, a fan of yeah, him. yeah, I'm definitely a, yeah, definitely a Graham Parsons fan. And, you know, that was kind of like, yeah, he was definitely like my, the, my kind of first, well, you know, I mean like when I was beginning to really, you know, like I, when I was starting to really listen to only country, he was definitely the, the road in for me, you know, it was kind of through burrito brothers and then Graham Parsons and, the birds and yeah. then uh yeah and then you know you know realizing that a lot of those songs weren't original songs and going back to the you know to find to find the original versions and you know figuring out who they were listening to and all that stuff and then yeah. you know from there but you know but another like you know and another back you know back even before that i was listening to i, I listened to a lot of i liked you know like i had johnny cash at Folsom prison was like one of the first that was the first country album I bought. I remember I bought that, you know, uh, on, you know, at a, I think like a, you know, Sam Goody at the mall, right, you know, on CD, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I listened to that and I, you know, and I liked that. And, you know, and I, and I, you know, some of that rockabilly stuff I got into when I was a little bit younger, uh, but, you know, there's something about, yeah, I kind of, I will see, you know, like in, uh, all through high school, when I, you know, when I started playing music and, the first part of college, yeah, I was, I wouldn't listen to country except for, you know, I did, <clears throat> I listened to, I, I listened to Loretta Lynn, uh, I did, you know, listen to her as the coal miner's daughter. Oh, yeah. Movie. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I always knew, you know, I knew about Dolly Parton and, and John Prine, my dad was always like John Prine and, you know, and then like, a, you know, the, to me, there's always been like a, you know, there's, you know, Dylan, I've always been a Dylan fan and Dylan's got a country, you know, side. And then, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of always felt like I got it, got a little bit of it through Neil Young too, but, but yeah, you know, but, but when I started listening to, you know, when I got real deep into country was, yeah, it was Graham Parsons was the, <laughs> with the road in yeah. to that. Um, who's some, uh, who's some of your influences that aren't, aren't country music? Uh, I, you know, all the, well, not all, but, British Invasion stuff. All mm. Ray Davies, I think, is one of my favorite songwriters. And like, you know, and somebody actually told me, not to, you know, I, I mean, I, it sounds like, it sounds like somebody. You have to just take my word for it that somebody <laughs> said. My friend Phil said that uh, that he we kind of reminded him of the of the Kinks a little bit, which I took as a great compliment because, yeah, I love the Kinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys have a uh, yeah yeah. Um a kinks feel, I think I could, I could see that kind of a, um, like a up-tempo sadness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like no, you know, and Ray Davies always wrote, you know, I feel like I kind of like to write sort of, you know, there's, 
kind of dark humor. There's like a sort of, you know, snarkiness in there. And I think Ray Davies had that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so, yeah, the kinks, um, uh, Elliot Smith has always been a, you know, I was, he was an inspiration to me early, early on, especially with like the trying to multi-track, you know, I, I read somewhere that he, uh, you know, recorded all his own, all his own parts so I thought I could do that. But, you know, the part I missed was that he was like a really talented musician. <laughs> so it was easier for him, I guess, than it was for me. But it ended up sounding kind of, you know, I guess it made it sound, you know, kind of weird or something. Um, but yeah, and then in in, uh, in like, when I went to college in the UK, and then when I was over there, I kind of got into the you know, like post-punk, uh, you know, and the anti-folk stuff. And, and, uh, so I was, you know, so that was the, you know, some, some of that stuff, like, especially like back first few, you know, back albums, mm -hmm. um, were a big, big, you know, early influence. Um, and I've always loved Jackson Brown. He's one of, he's been one, he was one of my oh, first yeah. favorite songwriters. I've been listening to him a lot. Um, Actually, uh, I started listening to him a lot lately. They're just on Pandora, the Jackson Brown station yeah because uh yeah um you know he's got a, a few of his songs are like some of my favorite like top 20 songs and uh you know just he's one of those guys that you feel like as you're more mature you can go back and listen to like his albums and get get more out of it yeah which ones are your top uh do you have, do you have them ranked <laughs> well no I, not really I, I mean i just i love the pretender um oh yeah is uh is one of my favorites and then i love um uh, is it called Turn On My Radio? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are probably my two. Oh, I should also mention because I got a cool. I got a well. I don't know. I don't know how much bragging I should do. Yeah, go <laughs> maybe ahead. we can edit this part out. But I will say, I'll make it. One of my like other I, favorite songs. I, I, yeah, I got, I got to, I, I got to meet one of my favorite songwriters recently. I, I've always, I've been a big Amy Mann fan for a long time. Oh yeah, and uh, Amy Mann. Uh, I met her a couple of years ago backstage at the Carolina Theater, which is here in Durham, because she played, and, and we talked a little bit. And then when I was I was in L.A. Uh, in January, and I was out there and I was playing a show. So I on where she was, you know, where she where she followed me on Twitter. So I wrote to her on Twitter and asked her to come to the show. And she bit, she said she didn't. She wrote back and said she didn't really feel like coming to the show, <laughs> but then uh, but then asked if you know I'd want to get coffee the next day, and so we did. We had coffee. Yeah, oh, yeah. We cool. we hung out and yeah. And so uh, yeah, that was a that was a big moment because she's been a huge huge inspiration. Yeah. Uh, you know, to my for my for songwriting for me. To, I, you know, I, a lot of the time I literally will think, you know, when I'll write a song, I'll be like, you know, yeah. If I played this for Amy Mann, <laughs> you know, you have that, you have that, uh, or I don't know, I have a, you know, sometimes like a kind of mental jury, you know, right. of people or a mental audience, you know, and you kind of imagine you write a song sometimes or I'll write one and I'll think like, yeah, it's all right. And then I'll try to imagine, you know, if those people in the room, like, you know, would I play it, would I play it for them, you know? Okay. That's it for part one with Charles Latham and the Borrowed Band. Got a lot of recordings out of this show, so hoping to get um, at least three episodes out of it, maybe more, so keep an eye out for that. Got a lot of good video, so again, go and check the Facebook and Instagram pages and follow us there, WNC Original Music. Also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
go and follow Charles Latham on Facebook and Instagram and go to www.charleslatham.com. We still have to say the dots after all these years. Charles and the gang do come to Western North Carolina every now and then, and uh, they'll be in Charlotte pretty soon. But especially if you're in Eastern North Carolina, in the Raleigh-Durham area, uh, make sure to go to his Facebook page, and he's probably playing a show near where you're going to be, or just swing by his house. Again, make sure to go to the website for Charles and all the musicians that appear on the show and download their music. Uh, Make sure to pay for their music when you can. Make sure to go see them live and um, send them a note or post a comment on their social media uh, telling them if you like their music, that you like them live, that you like their recordings. They will really appreciate it. If you want to hear someone on the show or if you know someone who might be good on the show, um, just contact us at wncoriginalmusic at gmail.com. If you have a space for recording that is no charge, then I would really like to hear from you. In the meantime, have a good week. God's so excited by what you're saying. (laughs) I'm going to have to sleep here tonight.